Hello, and welcome to the Power Your Device podcast. This is Doug Heikinen. The Power Your Device podcast is designed to bring you new ideas, why those ideas should be considered, and how to implement them into your business. This podcast is brought to you by iris.xyz, the most helpful place advisors can come to to grow their minds and businesses. Today, we're going to talk to Mike Nessum, who's the president of Kingswood Group US. Kingswood is a wealth management platform that empowers financial advisors to build successful businesses including investment banking, which is what we're here to talk, Mike, about this morning. Enjoy. Welcome to the Power Advice Podcast, Mike. How are you this morning? Great. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Doug. Thanks for having me. Where do we find you? Where are you this morning? Uh, I'm in New York. So we, uh, we have our main uh, offices down at 17 Battery, uh, which is the lower part of uh, Manhattan, kind of just facing the uh, Statue of Liberty, just to give you an idea where it is. Yeah. Are you in the office, actually? Yeah, we're in the office. Um, we usually have about 40 odd people at this location. And uh, with the virus to probably about eight people come every day. So I live in Manhattan. So it's just an easy commute for me to come down here and uh, work in the office. So I'm here every day. Oh, that's great. So yeah. Kingswood US is rather new and you're the president. Give us some background on Kingswood US. Who are you? What do you guys do? And, and why do you matter in the financial service industry? Yeah, sure. So uh, I'll give you a little bit of a history of, of Kingswood. Kingswood is started out as a um, RIA model firm uh, in the United Kingdom. So they, they basically do what we do here as an RIA. That's what they're doing there. And, you know, they've been very successful in, um, in a roll-up strategy in the UK uh, where they're going out and they're kind of rolling up all of these smaller RIAs that are just, you know, it's harder and harder for them to compete um, and uh, they've been pretty successful at it. And so uh, a couple of years ago, I started uh, my own broker dealer in RIA, and I was approached by Kingswood London to talk about doing a similar strategy here in the U.S. So what we've put together over the last couple of years is, is Kingswood U.S. Holdings. Uh, Kingswood U.S. Holdings now is on, the, uh, is on an acquisition spree similar to what they're doing in London. Uh, and um, our the idea here is that we're going to build ourselves to be the next great you know wealth management company in the U.S. And you know we we think that there's plenty of room uh, in the U.S. for the next great name. You know, and uh, and that and that's our strategy going forward. Well, it is a great name, but we're here to talk about investment banking, which can mean many different things. In this case, what you want to talk about, what does it mean? to advisors and their clients? Yeah. So, so you know, I, I, as we got into this endeavor of building out our RIA and our broker-dealer, and, you know, we are an independent broker-dealer RIA model, um, it, it just became clear, you know, to me as an operator that, that in, in order to grow substantially, you're going to have to set yourselves apart. You're going to have to do a, a value add, not only for the client's um, but uh, for the advisors, right? And the advisors are ultimately our clients. So what can we give the advisors, you know, to offer their clients to be able to say, hey, we're different. So investment banking to me is, is rather important in that model because, you know, every day you're reading uh, on and on about advisors who, you know, are dropping their sevens because they see no reason to have it. There's no opportunity on their sevens. They'd rather just be RIA only. And And I'm here to say that that doesn't have to happen that way, that you know, we can offer your clients a product through using your seven. You can stay dual registered and we can make it um, worthwhile for your clients to, to be part of your organization, for the individual advisors and our organization. 
and we could give you a real value to be able to grow you know your client base by by offering them banking deals and that's 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 our model you mentioned to me off the air that investment banking drives the economy which we found really interesting can you talk more about that yeah so i mean if you, if you think about it investment banking is just two words that really people and what we can go into this if you like um, but the people, um, they just, they don't really know what it means, but really what investment banking is, is there's two sides to it. The first side is the ability to give financing to small publicly traded companies. And I mean, small, I'm saying, let's say, you know, under a hundred million dollar, you know, market cap companies who don't have access to capital. Now, banking is done all across, you know, the universe, right? And the, the larger firms are doing, you know, the billion, $2 billion dollar um, uh, banking deals, but our focus is companies a hundred million to five hundred million dollar market caps who can use some sort of infusion of cash, right? And how do they get the cash, and what do they do for with it? Well, they use that cash to grow their business. By growing their business, what are they doing? They're they're hiring, they're expanding, they're getting new office space, they're marketing, they're doing all sorts of things that drive the economy. So. So for us, we're by doing investment banking deals, we not only have a service we offer our clients, but we, we are generating economic stability um, among you know, these companies in the U.S. and really causing economic growth, which makes us feel good about it. As we started to touch on earlier, it's difficult for advisors to differentiate themselves, add value. Can adding investment banking to their arsenal help enhance their value proposition to their clients? A hundred percent. And that, and that's really, you know, it's, it's always the fight in the RIA arena of what, what makes you different, right? What makes you different from, you know, somebody sitting in a bank, what makes you different from an RIA, you know, in uh, California, what makes you different from the RIA in, in New York? And, you know, what you find very often is that in, in the RIA business, it's a very localized business, right? And so, you know, you're competing with other local groups. Now, how do you compete with those groups? You have to offer something different. And investment banking will be the differentiator to allow these groups to offer products, um, investment banking deals to their clients that their clients cannot get anywhere else. That's, that's exactly it. So clients understand mutual funds, ETF stocks. How does an advisor frame this conversation to a client? Yeah, so you know, of course, it's 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 really hinged on the client, right? Some some clients that that's all um, they're they're able to do and they want to do, but but there are other clients that look at their portfolio and say, hey, I'm I have these baskets of stocks, um, I, I have a significant portfolio. Um, what else can you bring me that's interesting? So many of these advisors will bring you know their clients alternatives. So alternatives could be thought of similar to investment banking. It's just a product that. Um, it differentiates themselves um, and, and the investment strategy. So I think for clients to look at investment banking, you know, what they're looking at is a, a sort of an alternative to their portfolio where they have the ability to invest in companies, in publicly traded companies, um, uh, and, 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 and have just a diversified portfolio uh, with those products. Do most clients of advisors have to be accredited to participate in these investments? Yeah, most of the uh, most of the banking deals are for accredited investors, um, and that's correct because there is a little bit of a, an understanding and a sophistication to be able to know if these are right for you as a as a client. 
So, you know, the, the parameters now of a, a million dollar net worth, you know, or $200,000, you know, for the last two years of income, most of these clients in this arena understand this product and are qualified to do it. Can you give me an example of a recent investment that you were involved with? I, I know visualizing something real helps me understand what you're talking about. Sure. And, uh, you know, I could talk all day about this, but I mean, like if you look at, um, let's say shelf offerings. Now, if you, if I'm talking to you about shelf offerings, probably you've never heard of it and probably the average investor has never heard of it. But if you dig into it with the um, investor and you say to the client, okay, do me a favor, go Google shelf offerings and, and Google the top 10 companies, you know, Microsoft, Tesla, Oracle, and just Google shelf offerings, Tesla, and tell me what you find. And what you'll find is multiple hits where companies will come out uh, on, on an overnight offering where they'll, they'll have the ability to uh, sell a significant part of their shares in escrow to the public. And I'll just give you an example of, of this. Uh, and just on a publicly traded company, Tesla, you know, everyone's seen Tesla. They've seen a huge run up. And, and just as full disclosure, we didn't participate in this offering. But this is an example of what we do for, you know, smaller and mid-sized companies. Stock uh, ran up from, let's say, $150 to $400 because everyone's excited about Tesla. Tesla, in their safe, to put it simply, has extra shares. They have shares that when they did their public offering, they didn't put out to the market. They didn't sell to the market. So they're sitting with this safe of shares. Now, Tesla's watching their stock and they're watching their market cap and they're, being, they're speaking to their bankers. And when their stock gets to a certain level where they think, that this is the right time to offer some of those shares in their safe to the market, they do so. And typically what they do is they offer it 10 or 20% of the closing price that day. So an example of a Tesla offering could have been the market closed, the stock was $400. The board had already voted that, you know, if the stock gets to 400, we're going to take some of our shares out of our safe. We're going to offer it to the public and we're going to try to raise an additional X amount of money. And that's exactly what they've done over and over again. They go to the market, which could be retail investors or, or um, institutional banks. And they say, guys, are you interested? Girls, are you interested? We can offer you our shares at 20% below the market tonight if you buy them tonight. And this is a very easy way for companies to raise money. They're already public. They possess these shares in their safe, ready to put out to the market. Um, and it's the ability for an investor who can act fast and understand it to say, I'm in and capture a price below the market on a stock, which is freely trading the next day. So these kinds of shelf offerings, or we've done about, um, say over the last three months, we've done half a dozen of them, um, very successful offerings. And you know, it's, uh, it's been great for the investor. It's been great for the, uh, the, the firm uh, and the company that's put out these offerings. Uh, and it's, it's been good for, for, for the economy because now the company has the money to go spend to expand and do whatever they need to do. At the beginning, you talked about Kingswood's entree into a roll-up and, and helping smaller advisors succeed through, through that model. Um, since you're new, there's competitors out there. What's going to be special about Kingswood that you're going to offer to advisors that's going to be differentiating and make them want to follow you? Yeah, I think, I think we have a, a great value prop besides, you know, 
you know, everything that's out there that we have, which is the, you know, the tech stack and the, you know, the, the, the platforms and the technology and, you know, and the banking, which is extremely important. I think our people are, are our biggest asset. And, you know, it's not a cliche. All of our people, or at least the vast majority of them that are in any kind of management role or any kind of operational role have all been advisors in the past, right? So many of the advisors that I've recruited, maybe they don't want to be an advisor anymore, but they know everything about this business. I find those people as the best opportunity to bring in for our operational group, our compliance group, um, our, you know, our, our, our back office all across the board and our management because no one understands advisors better than advisors, and we're all advisor. I'm an ex-advisor. Um, you know, all our people are ex-advisors, and that lets us understand what they need and how we can get them what they need uh, in a rapid pace. Your your parent company is in the UK, and they've been doing this a while. Is it the exact same model, or is it pieces of the model? Because this is the US, um, you're, you're doing a blend of different things. Um, it, it's a very similar model. The brief history about the UK, which is kind of what the opportunity is here. If I, I'll just go into that so we can understand. In um, 2012, in the United Kingdom, they enacted a reform act similar to the Department of Labor Fiduciary Act that you see here. Um, and that reform act made it illegal for uh, advisors to charge commissions. So in the United Kingdom in 2012, it drove all of these smaller firms and smaller uh, advisors who were charging commissions into a fee-only model, you know, and this this drove the roll-up because many of these smaller companies could not compete with the larger companies, and this started a roll-up that Kingswood took advantage of and is still doing. So, you know, the the model for us here is very similar to you know we have the history, we've seen it, so we know that with Department of Labor Fiduciary Act with all the governing regulations that are going in now with with the uh, the new administration coming in that the idea that commissions are going to go away is a very real uh, is a very real uh, event in the US and what we think is that this country will become a fee only country and with fee only it will it will it, the dislocation that you've seen now in the market will accelerate um, it'll drive all the small broker dealers and the small RIAs to you know larger groups and we think the model that, that we've put in place in the UK will be the same exact model here, except that we have the history and we know what's going to happen. Um, so it'll be a very similar model. How pumped up are you about the opportunity when you're talking to people? Are the lights coming on and people seeing that, oh my gosh, this is, this is pretty cool? It's, it's very exciting. Um, as you know, I mean, listen, as a group, over the last year and a half, uh, we've probably grown 300%. I mean, you know, um, we are growing by leaps and bounds. The, you know, we now at the firm itself, we have a, we have a five-person recruiting team that we've put in place over the last six months to handle all the inbound calls and the follow-ups. Because if you look at the marketplace, it's dominated by maybe five major independent broker-dealer um, RIA firms, right? Um, and and you know, that's not a lot considering the marketplace we're in and considering the dislocation. So. We are very excited. Everyone's here uh, is, is, is very pumped up for the opportunity. Um, and we're going to create, you know, the next, we're going to be the next Wall Street story. That's, that's what we're going to be. That's great. Let's close with what do you think 2021 holds for the industry? Are, are you hopeful? I'm extremely hopeful. I, I, you know what? You won't call me on a day that I'm not hopeful. So that's, <laughs> we, could say, we could just say that. But um, I'm, I'm extremely ho- hopeful. I think that 
when, when I see further regulation, you know, in the business, um, that makes me hopeful because I understand that there's going to be further consolidation and there's going to be room for, you know, six or seven top players. And we're going to be one of those players. So we're very excited for this year and the coming years. Uh, and we have a lot of good stuff lined up. Mike, it's been quite a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks so much for joining us. Great. Thank you very much. Thanks for the time today. I appreciate it. For our producer, Jakey Beard, and everyone here at Idris Media Works, this is Doug Heikinen. Take care.